0: welcome everybody to the (laughs) grind path to pro podcast episode 15. Uh, I'm your host Nari Mizuki as I can't say as usual anymore because sci fi has started hosting these. Goddamn. Anyway, uh, it, it me and uh, I'm here with another stack of fantastic guests for you guys and some great topics as well. Uh, just before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody that at the end of the episode, we will host a question and answer session. So feel free to pop your questions into Twitch chat or alternatively, if you type in exclamation mark grind, it'll give you a link to our Discord server. You're welcome to come join us and pop your questions into the Q&A channel. With that being said, let's dive straight in. I'm going to do my usual who are you and why should we care. So, Pulsible, I'm going to start with you. Who are you and why should we care?
1: Uh, I got nothing for the second part, but <laughs> I'm uh, a, a caster coming up. Do a lot of Tier 2, Tier 3 in uh, EU and NA. Uh, both trials this season, right? Uh, EU trials having wrapped up uh, last week, and or the week before now, technically, because it's Monday. And uh, now doing North American trials, uh, and that's, yeah that's me
0: all right and huni who are you and why should we care
2: you should care because i'm playing in the orch uh, contenders for you in you i'm playing for uh, young and beautiful oh, yeah. uh, we just requalified for contenders so i'm really happy about that um i think that's it <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's nice and finally awkward who are you and why should we care
3: well i'm awkward and uh, i play flex support for uh, triumph in uh, contenders charles and a and uh, why should you care? Because probably one day I'm gonna be in Overwatch League and get 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 your discount on my jersey. So,
0: <laughs> I like yeah, that. Answer. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna clip that and put it on. Also, <laughs> <laughs> use code the grind. Uh, use anyway. code. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So that those are our guests for today, guys. Uh, you can see the topics in our uh, little overlay. Uh, expertly made up by sci SciFight. But uh, I'm just going to go over them quickly. So obviously we do a short little interview with each of the guests and we're going to talk about... Season two trials, obviously you e that's just finished and NA that's just started. Uh gonna talk a little bit about the PTR changes and then we've got some fun uh towards the end of the show before we do our QA. So look out for that. Uh now let's jump straight into the interviews. And Paul, I'm gonna start with you once again. So let's start with how did you get into esports in general? Like was Overwatch your first thing, or have you been have you come over from something else? Tell us a bit about your story.
1: So, overwatch actually was my first thing. I actually got into eSports really late compared to most of the people I've met in the Overwatch scene. I really didn't start doing anything with eSports until overwatch League started. Uh, I'd always like played video games when I was like a kid, like I started on like uh, just like a game boy playing Pokemon when I was like three, and uh, I played games all the way throughout my uh, childhood, but you know one day I, I was just. I think I was actually playing Overwatch, and my buddy who I uh, play a lot with was like, hey, dude, do you watch the Overwatch League? And I was like, no, I don't really do esports. I haven't really watched any of it. And you see, you have to see this. And I tuned tuned into, I forget which match it was specifically. It was some soul game in like the first couple of weeks, and I was instantly hooked. Uh, And then from there, uh, it kind of just snowballed out of control. And uh, now I've been casting for geez what now uh like eight months
0: so Overwatch was your, your first thing how did <clears throat> sorry pardon me how did you get your first casting gig I mean obviously those things don't just what, what uh, kind of happen what avenue
1: it's funny you say that um <laughs> so I, I first uh, was interested in casting one time uh, uh when I was doing a watch party with a bunch of my buddies for Overwatch League and the speakers died so as a joke, <laughs> I started casting over the game, right? And a couple of my buddies were like, "Yo, dude, you're really good at you're better than the Overwatch League guys." This is totally completely wrong, even now, just terribly incorrect. But it was enough to like <laughs> get me going. But my internet at the apartment I was at at the time was like really bad, so I still just like you know casted to myself in my room most of the time. And then like months later, in like August, I knew I moved into a new place, got more stable internet. Uh, and, uh, I, it was the week that the week that I moved into my new place and got stable enough internet to start looking into actually casting was when BGG, GG actually put out their casting call for, uh, North or for Open Division season three, 2018. And I was like, Hey, you know what? Uh, Screw screw it. I'll apply just to get like a feedback on it. And I did some solo VOD over an EU contenders match. And uh, I actually made it in, which surprised me a lot at the time. And then uh, from there, I just kept, kept grinding, kept working my way up as much as I can.
0: That's actually the exact same time that I joined BGG. So it was both of our first yeah. seasons. What it was, a, it was a lot
1: of people's first season, I think. Uh, yeah. That was when BGG really expanded, too.
0: Yeah, that's when it kind of blew up. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah. Okay. So we have similar stories then. So where can people expect to see you next? Uh, I know you are doing NA trials at the moment. Is that kind of the extent or?
1: Uh, as far as I know for now. Yep. As far as you, you know. know.
0: Are... Is that as far as you know or is that as far as you're allowed to disclose? <laughs> that is,
1: that as far as I know on paper, it is a thing that exists. There are other Gosh. things where I've been told, like, hey, this might be happening. And I'm like, Cool, that doesn't help me right
4: now
0: All right, cool. Uh let's let's move on to um, Hooney. So tell us a little bit. Was Overwatch the first game you ever played competitively, or did you transition from a different game?
2: Mm, I actually played League of Legends at first. I played with uh, Kelix and, and nerfed also Danes. Um, Kelix from Overwatch League, of course, mm-hmm. and we were actually participating in a lot of, uh, yeah, <laughs> in a lot of, uh, you know, in a lot of small Danish LAN events, and we were super good. Like we were coming out on top a lot of times, uh, and then slowly, like after playing League of Legends for a couple of years, we moved on to Counter Strike. All of us. And um, I think I got a hung of Counter Strike as well. Uh, both Kellic and Nerfed kind of dropped out uh, back to League of Legends, then to Overwatch later on. But I uh, I kept playing Counter Strike for a couple of years, and I I reached like the semi professional scene in in this sub scene in Denmark uh, in Counter Strike, very scene actually. Uh, so I was like on the brink of uh, of making it there, but then Overwatch came out, and I transitioned to it with uh with both Kellic and Nerfed.
0: And what what inspired you to transition? Because uh, a lot of people f- still feel like League and, and Counter Strike are like quote unquote superior games. So what kind of made you feel like Overwatch was where you wanted to be?
2: Uh, so at first it was because like I kind of got burned out because we with my team in Counter Strike we failed to qualify for a major tournament, so I got burned out at that time. And then uh, it was it was at the exact, exact time that Overwatch came out, and I just enjoyed playing with uh, with both. Kalex, he's a, he's a real good friend of mine, also in real life. So I just enjoyed playing with them. And they were like, this can be a big thing. This can be an esports potential because of the uh, close beta, of course. There was a lot of tournaments uh, at that time. So we just, we just, when the open beta got released, we just decided to to grind this game for a lot of time. And then when summer came around, I was just hooked on it. And uh, I kept playing it. For,
0: for those uh, in the audience that only really know you from Young and Beautiful, where did your uh quote-unquote professional uh, journey in Overwatch start? Where did you, where, what was your first team, your first tournament, how did you grow?
2: Yeah, so I, I don't think a lot of people know this in, in you, but I actually played uh, on Fraxures, uh when the game got got released uh, fully uh, from like August 2016 to uh, to December uh, or January uh, seventeen And we played like uh, the biggest tournament around that time was King of Nordic, where we played against the uh, Misfits and... And so uh, and we I, we ended up number 3 uh, I think behind Ninjas in Pyjamas and Misfits. Um so I actually have some some experience from that time as well and it's my first professional experience in the game.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. And now how long have you been with uh, Young and Beautiful?
2: Uh I joined them when did I join them? I joined them in February for the uh, for the first uh, trial season this year.
0: Nice. cool, and you guys have been growing together. That's really exciting. I'm keen to see how you guys are going to do. Obviously, you just haven't come through trials, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, let's quickly cover awkward. So, same question: uh, right. How did you get into Overwatch? Did you start in an older game and transition through? How did that happen?
3: Yeah, I uh, used to play Counter Strike a lot. Like, uh, I've been competing since, like, on LAN events, like local, locally, like in Israel, uh, since I was probably 13. Uh, I was playing, like, on a, I wouldn't say semi-professional, but, like, on a really high level in Counter-Strike. But then it got really kind of boring and still for me after a while. And the story is kind of a little bit dorky because, um, like, into how I got into Overwatch, it's, like, actually really dorky. Me and my friends were, like, sitting at a bar, (laughs) right? And And they
4: started...
3: No, no, no. We're, like, the... We're not very, like... um, Chads in a bar. Like, we're like a group of nerds who just sit in the corner and talk about like really random crap. uh But like, we, they were talking about like a game that, uh, that they're playing. And I'm like, like, what are you guys playing? Right. And then, like, oh, wait. Do, like, we, we know, like, they call, like, my name's Danny. So they're like, oh, Danny's really good at video games. Maybe we can like bring him so he can like boost our rank because he's really good at video games. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll download the game if you guys buy me a beer. Like, okay, so I just basically traded <laughs> to boost my friends in Overwatch. Like, I'm just not really boosted, Like, you know, to play with them, um, and uh, they just bought me a beer, and I'm just really, really hooked. And I just couldn't stop playing, and I reached like really high ranks really fast. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is like kind of interesting. So, that um, is yeah, possibly
0: a- the best story i've heard <laughs> uh, <laughs> i've interviewed a lot of people uh, up to episode 15 and i think that's my favorite story today <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously i mean counter-strike is a is a very different kind of game so how did you get from counter-strike to uh, was it flex support no.
3: yeah um yeah, okay. So, at first when I started playing, I started playing pretty late. I started playing like at the end of season 3 in Overwatch, which is like considerably late in comparison to other players. And mm-hmm. I started like playing DPS mostly because that kind of like naturally transitioned from Counter-Strike. Yeah. Uh, but then like I've been approached by a friend from uh, my older games that honey might know, Cafe uh, hey. I've known him. I've known him for like a very long time, uh, like seven, now it's probably nine years. We used to play Counter like 1.6 back in the day together, nice. and then he like said that the, they might need like a support for a team they're building, and he think like if they their friends think I'm good, then I just like transitioned to flex support because you know why not? Um, and then it's really, really was really fun for me to play that role, and just like you know I roll with it. That's about it.
0: Damn. So was that your, like, first team? Or what was your first kind of serious team that you achieved something with?
3: Uh, okay, so um, when I started playing the game uh, at the end of Season 3, my like, cafe like, approached me like and said, uh, we're building, like, an, Israel- like there's an Israeli organization that is in this building. And in Israel, like, the gaming scene is not very big. So when, like, an organization approaches you, like, uh, to start to try to build something in your own country, uh it was kind of interesting to me because i wanted to uh, like compete professionally in, in overwatch uh it was like maybe a month a month and a half maybe two months after i started playing the game and i was like okay I'll, I'll play and uh it was like a team called zen gaming esports that has now like a player like one of our teammates now competes in overwatch league is uh, eqo um so we all started playing together, and we like were contracted. we were like in in a like in a gaming house and for a while. We we're uh, going to the World Cup as a team together. It was like really really fun, and that like way we felt like we like I like I kind of start feeling what is a professional environment and like you know being professional
0: nice and how did you how did you get to triumph were you like scouted or did you like do a trial or because triumph currently i mean they are they are absolute beasts they are the clockwork vendetta equivalent in na just without the cheesy composition
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that
0: <laughs> do
3: not say that uh but how i got into triumph um i realized like for me that's just like my opinion uh <laughs> like some people might take it the wrong way but i, I think playing in europe uh, is a lot of um like it's it's not as beneficial as playing in north north america uh Europe has a really i wouldn't say like it's really hard to compete in Europe because like you know you had like one two slots for trials you have like what three slots for contenders like two I don't remember how many its won uh comparison to yeah, north america like
1: six
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a little but, bit less than six and <laughs>
3: it's it's really hard to because like a lot of uh like the scene in europe is about like who who you're friends with and who you know and uh, instead of like doing like a little bit of open tryouts, that's a little bit like a, a leaks of uh, what it's like to like trial for european teams uh but north america has like a really big fan base like much more viewers most of the time uh like for me naturally like. Playing with Americans is more, uh, I feel more natural, more comfortable, like playing, like being social around like mm-hmm. uh, Americans, like the, culturally more, more or less. But I realized it's a, a bigger, like it's a smarter move for me to play in North America. That's why I did like th- I did that. And things kind of started clicking and now I'm really happy with Triumph and where I'm playing.
0: Hell yeah. Well, I think a lot of European players are kind of um, echoing that same feeling. That's why we're seeing so many of them uh, migrating over to NA at the moment. Can't say that I blame them. Uh, not that it doesn't make me really sad to see. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about trials. But before we do that, just a reminder to everybody, if you do have questions for our guests, you can pop them in the Twitch chat or exclamation mark grind. We'll bring you a link to our Discord server and you can pop those in the uh Guest question channel without further ado let's talk a little bit about trials and i'm going to start with you um because obviously you guys have come from contenders and yab have actually had a bit of a tumultuous history with contenders kind of ping-ponging a little bit between contenders and trials how have you guys managed to hold it together um and and still power through
2: so coming up from the last season of contenders we had a lot of in, internal issues uh, especially with our management uh we had some some troubles in which direction we wanted to go with the team um but after sorting out some some our manager old manager and, and coach they didn't really want to go with us anymore because they didn't leave, believe in the potential i think uh, but but we the players we we kept on grinding and we we kept thinking that we would do well if we just kept grinding and, and find the, um, the correct players to to fit together you know yeah um and when we actually found these players and we got a new coach and we started building some some really good synergy and we had a lot of fun together and i think it's super important to have fun uh when playing as well um because otherwise you will get burned out and i think that's that's what happened last season like after two or three weeks of the contender season we we kind of burned out a bit we didn't really enjoy playing uh but we just kept on going for for the remainder of the season so so after we got uh, relegated we we made some roster changes we need we made some management changes um and then we just started practicing super hard and and it showed off we, we popped off in the most of contenders like we lost 4-0 in, in the first match against clockwork uh, mm-hmm. we tried something out but it didn't work and but we. We we came back and we we won. We showed that we we still have what it takes to be in contenders. So that's super good.
0: Well, coming into the trial season, you know, which were the teams that you were the most uh, kind of worried about coming up against? Because I mean, there was some there was some really good talent in trials this season.
2: Mm-hmm. We were um, the team we feared the most was was Clockwork Grenada because we had seen some of their matches in the open division, and it <laughs> seems like no one knew what to play against them, um, and that. That's also what what happened in our first game. Like we tried to run some, uh, I think Gladiators played in the Witch League against Bunkers. They went like super spam comp with Baptiste solo heal. So we tried out that and it worked super well in our in our scrims when we asked people to play the Clockwork. Um, but then when we went uh, when when we went into the match, like it just didn't work. They were too good at at, at adapting. Um, so I think Clockwork was the was the team that we feared the most, and then obviously also uh, Paris uh, Academy. Um I've, I they had a super good roster but but for some reason they just didn't click and they they lost mm-hmm. too many matches early on.
0: Yeah, I think Eternal Academy was probably the the one we were most surprised about not actually managing to make it through. Um so you guys you came up against Clockwork and it unfortunately didn't go as well as you'd hoped. Um how were the other games? How did you feel that you guys performed in those games? Despite the scoreline, just in terms of like how the team performed? How did you guys feel mm,
2: we always we always believed that we could make it like we were we were confident in winning the re- the remaining of the the matches which we did uh, so i i think we were super confident still going in despite losing 4-0 to uh to Clockwork, uh because we knew from scrims results we knew that we could beat anyone um in you and also match up with the best teams like the british Arcane and anger titans actually and we also did that in, in the last season of Contenders when when we scrimped them, but it just didn't show into our officials. So we knew that we could could, could go all the way. And, and so we just took one one match at a time and, and uh, that's, that's how we made it, I think.
0: Well, now you guys are in Contenders and it's obviously it's you and Clockwork that are coming up from trials with, of course, all the teams that were there in the previous season. So now as we look towards the next season, who are you worried about? Clockwork
2: again? <laughs> okay. uh, I, I, no, no. Actually, like from from looking at how Chris and Do beat Clockwork, we think that we can do the same. Like if we just play coordinated DPS, I think that's the that's the way to beat them. Now, I, it was just like break break their strike, and I think I think they will. I don't think they will do well in contenders actually, unless they adapt something, because uh, now people know how to to play against it, and I think it's. Uh, going to affect them in contenders uh but i still think the the best teams in contenders is british hurricane um so yeah. that's the team i'm going to be most worried going, going against
0: well i mean in the the monkey bubble tournament uh, yesterday in the grand final versus clash yeah. we actually saw um clockwork doing some interesting swap ups that we hadn't really seen too much in fact during a lot of uh, trials as well we saw Zytor um Swapping onto Denji and Tracer. We saw Engineer on, on Hanzo. Uh, we saw we saw Moose on Wrecking Ball. Like they've actually started to flex a little bit. Um, but by their own admission, they're probably going to stick to their composition um, you know, for the for the contenders period. But knowing that they are able to flex a little bit, does that make you a little bit nervous? Or do you still think you guys are gonna be able to come out on top?
2: No, I, I think if they start flexing to other heroes, their magic will disappear. They won't be as, as skilled on, on other heroes as the the ones they've made popular with Clockwork with another comp. Uh, so I think when they start playing other heroes, they flex around, it's it's going to be way easier to, to counter their picks uh, because they, I also think one of the only reasons that they make that comp work is because they're so good individual on each of the heroes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to tra- transition if they play to o- other comps.
0: Well, that is a hot take, and uh, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see if, you, if you're proven wrong or, or correct. Uh, let's chat a little bit about North America now. So, obviously, Triumph came through uh, Open Division undefeated. You guys yeah. barely, I think, I think I heard three maps, uh, three, maps yeah, three maps
1: all maps. season, right?
3: Uh, it was two maps and a tie.
1: Oh, oh, that—that's that's
3: important. You, wait, yeah. No, one it's against, not even three maps.
1: One against Wave Chat. No, you lost one against Citizens. You lost the yeah one and, and one the, against
3: Wave Chat, and that's it. I'm pretty no, no wait, and, I'm... Lo-
1: and one against Tea Party in uh yeah yes yeah. yeah so yeah, so throughout throughout the whole season yeah three maps.
3: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was okay, gonna say,
1: please right. don't tell me I'm wrong. I've been <laughs> yeah, saying you're that right, that you're right. too much.
3: But but against <laughs> one of those games, we were playing like with a sub on one of those. Games. Yeah. I think yeah. Citizens. That's
1: right. You had um. You had baboon. Was it, it was baboon? Yeah. It was baboon instead for, of decod uh, Yeah. For a citizens match. And yeah. even then, it was only one map drop.
3: Like yeah. Which, and uh, it, it's not. It's not that uh, like baboon is is not good or anything. But it's like Dikard is smurfing Decode, and to yeah. yeah. It's pretty much smurfing and Contenders.
1: Actually,
3: you uh, know, what?
0: oh my god. I was the actually... matchup between Decard and Luft yesterday was so much fun to watch. Yeah. Holy was, cow. Those nuts. two Ryans are so big. You you, yeah.
3: you should probably wait until we like uh, get like really good uh, matchups against main tank and you will see like what's oh, the difference. Decard, yeah, between Decard and other main tanks it's like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's nuts. The scrim <laughs> results are uh, absolutely insane.
1: And you know, I was kind of shocked that you guys actually managed to uh, keep Decod right because I feel like a lot of the times when uh, what what is easily you can easily call Decod a contenders player. I think yeah. he's better than a lot of the main tanks okay. in North American contenders now. Yeah. So I was surprised I, that an academy team didn't just come in and be like, "Hey, hey, Decod, here's a bunch of money." I was I, kinda, I was kind of surprised by that. I w-
3: I wouldn't I wouldn't like uh, like say too much information about no, any right. yeah but mm-hmm. i i would say that we are probably the only team like in in history uh that have re- um refused a lot of offers to stay together as a team a lot of offers that a lot of offers I that
0: mean,
3: <laughs> i mean but runaway runaway has been like as I, I think i'm not sure i don't know about the facts but they've been contracted have been like in the a, in a house together but we're not oh, we're yeah. like kind of like everyone to his own thing different countries playing together online and w- some of us have received a lot of offers that we have simply said no to just because we want to play together and see how yeah. far we can go
0: that, I love that. I love those kinds of stories. I, oh. I actually suspect that it's probably going to be something similar for Clockwork, uh, mm-hmm. that they might want to kind of stay together, which would be difficult with Zaito being like 14, 16, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. All right, so the first few matches have come and gone. You guys came out on top. Uh, I think WaveCheck pushed you guys the hardest uh, over the course of the weekend. Um, obviously, bringing you guys to a 3-2, that was such a close match there and clearly a lot stronger than what they were looking in Open Division. But what about your first match? How did you guys feel? Uh, how did that one go?
3: Uh, to be fair, it was really, really easy. Like It was not even like a, like a match-up for us, Like I'll be honest like uh internally like we have really really good scrim results against really really good teams uh i will go as far as saying that in trials, like we are like not really worried about it. like anything could happen you know at the end of the mm-hmm. day but we're not really worried about anybody uh we have uh, a lot of styles we can play a lot of comps we can play we have like, pretty pretty much ready for a lot of things uh but mm-hmm. against luminance uh we kind of expected them to be slightly better. We come, we come with the idea of like the other team of being like equally as good, so we wouldn't like start like throwing our matches. <laughs> uh,
0: Don't do that. So yeah,
3: but but that, it was a pretty easy game. Like I'm not gonna beat around the bush and say it was close and and anything like. But it, it's just the way it was. It was like really really easy
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, against Wave Wavecheck. Uh, things got pretty interesting. They have been improved. Like they haven't been improving a lot throughout the course of trials. Um because we played them in OD. They were also good. I would say that internally, like uh Scrim Results, they were like one of the teams that our gave us a lot of hard time. From time to time I have really, really good players and talented players that I have think they have really bright futures. Um mm. yeah, and that's pretty much it about those two teams and those two games.
0: Well, you've got some more games coming up. Um what are you the most excited for? What are you the most nervous for? Which match do you think is gonna be the, the toughest?
3: I would say the most e- interesting match would be against uh, Boston Academy.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, That would be a really, really interesting matchup, I would say, for anybody to watch. Uh, but the rest,
1: I don't nice know. Match too, right?
3: Yeah, it's our last match. Yeah. Uh, so Jeez. at this point, like, it, it, it like, wouldn't really matter for the record, because I don't think... Because at this point in contenders, people already know if they're like, qualified or didn't qualify. But it mm-hmm. would definitely be a really, really good matchup. Uh,
0: Wait, at this watch. point? Almost.
3: No, I, I, no, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in North America, it's almost.
0: <laughs> almost. I was about to say, it, it's it's
3: <laughs> <Almost>, Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: holy cow.
3: <laughs> in Europe, you have to wait until the last week.
2: Who, who do you think will not make it into contenders of this of the eight teams? Uh, in North America,
3: yeah, Ooh. uh, probably I would say Luminance 100%. Uh, I mean, I like that. That's just what I think. If you want my honest mm-hmm. opinion, I would say, and. Let me see wait I need to check out it's, like...
1: I think mm, you know if you'd asked me before this weekend I would have said luminance uh last minute and wave check right. but I feel like wave check actually did pretty like I don't
0: who, what
1: was their first I match? I, th- I think I think, I think like... uprising
0: uprising yeah. I mean they did take yeah. a map though they although did. I've heard yeah, that uh, uprising were like
1: that. I think it's it's hard to see say because i feel like last minute taking bermuda bermuda going to five maps with like both the open division teams they played and then also um uh also wave check and triumph playing close i feel like the last like four spots are kind of in flux between a lot of the um od teams i think triumph sits above i think triumph <laughs> yeah. definitely makes it Mm -hmm. uh but i i it's hard to say i think luminance i think luminance is gonna be riding the struggle bus
4: yeah uh, but
1: the other team i couldn't tell you right now
3: yeah and they're a pretty new team like i think they have joined like uh only just before charles so they didn't have time to practice like
1: half the team came from uh hsl Mm -hmm. the last season uh the um the last roster in Open Division yeah. this most recent season.
2: Beto actually came from, from Young and Beautiful. He from played yeah, the yeah. last match with, uh, with us, but... Um, oh,
1: yeah, you're right. He, you're
4: right, he you're didn't right.
2: believe yeah. in us going to Contenders, so he he moved on. Wow. <laughs> Whoa,
3: that's... Uh... <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> well, that,
2: that,
3: that would be pretty I'm ironic after ends. Well, yeah, okay. there
0: you go. Um... <laughs> yeah let's let's give me a sec to to recuperate myself oh yeah so this is a bit of a, a meme question so just go with it um how much do you accredit of your success to the fact that half of your roster is eu
3: oh wait you're asking me
0: yeah
3: all right <laughs> so how have... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really let me let me understand the question again correctly could you like say it again so I can understand it better
0: How much do you think your success has to do with the fact that half of your team is EU?
1: Truly I mean...
4: <laughs> Our producer
0: knows what's up he just listened mean... about EU better than NA <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: outnumbered Okay I'm I think like
3: I would say that most of EU is better than NA that's uh I think uh, that is true a true <laughs> statement but it, it depends on what role. I would say the most significant role that you could see a difference is the DPS role uh, between EU and NA. EU Europeans are, are much, much, much better than uh, NA. Now that's
0: like, surprising because most people say that it's tanks. Everyone talks about how EU loves yeah. tanks.
3: <laughs> yeah, NA, NA has a lot of uh, like somewhat good tanks as well. Uh, EU has really good tanks as well. But I would say like, if you want a significant difference, it's, it's in the DPS role. You would see like a really big difference um
0: i I think you just triggered someone in the in the twitch chat
3: i mean if if the truth (laughs) triggers him i mean i don't know
0: (laughs) it's samito by the way
1: (laughs) yeah oh 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 man (laughs) going soldier in scripts now no but sam
3: i mean i i sam is uh is like sam is like like a phenomenal like i'll explain like my opinion about sam right because if we Mm -hmm. talk about my team like, when 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 he was, like, uh, initially, like, joining and when we were, like, we are told we were going to play with because th- there have been, like, open trials, a so really big, like, a really large portion of players. I, like, I was kind of, like, uh, I, I didn't know Sam before. I knew he was a streamer. And when you, like, see a streamer, you kind of assume he kind of was, like, like a memer, like, kind of, it's not that good. But when he joined, like, something about Sam, like, made, like, he was, like, a missing, like, he's... Sam is not only like mechanically, mechanically really, really good. he's like he has something like in his uh, like I wouldn't like in his communication that is like a missing piece to a lot of really, really good teams, you know. It's like hard to explain. Like we, we have tried playing without Sam, like a sub when he was off. and you could feel like that there's like something that is like very, very important that is missing. We were not doing as good as we would without <laughs> Sam. Aww. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I love Sam.
0: Oh <laughs> Man. <laughs> All right. So, you guys have got a couple games left. Um, Jeez, I'm really excited to see what the results of NA are going to be. I'm kind of sad that this episode is before NA is done. But we'll have another episode yeah. soon, TM, so we can talk a little bit about uh, what happened in the rest of Trials. Uh, let's kind of move on to our next topic. Hmm? What about bets?
1: Bemy was just oh.
0: oh. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Bemi. <laughs> Bemi's trying to
1: bring the space. I mean, producer. we can do that uh, yeah.
0: if you guys want to do that at the end of the show. If we've got some time, we can look at that oh, as well. Boy. But for the time being, let's uh, move on to our next topic. And this is going to be a nice one it's the PTR changes. But before we jump straight into that, just a reminder to everybody get your questions uh, into the Twitch chat or you can exclamation mark grind and come join us in our server and you can pop them into the uh, get question channel Um, at the moment we don't really have too many questions so we might have to skip that section but please guys if you do have questions our guests are itching to answer them so definitely uh, pop those in Let's move on to the PR change. and before we get into it, I'm just going to give an overview of some of the, what I feel are the the bigger ones, Uh, kind of notwithstanding the replay. Obviously, we all know that's fantastic. Um, Batiste getting a bit of a buff there, so possible changes to Bunker. Diva, Matrix being reduced from 15 to 10 meters. McCree's Peacekeeper, the difference that 0.1 seconds makes. um, The ERISA barrier, more of a quality of life thing that it doesn't interrupt. Reload when you uh, place the shield. smetron one, eh. Torby on the rivet gun. Um, the damage reduction uh, of about two damage per second. And uh, the changes to the assault map, which we can go over in a, in a little bit. So, just as kind of a broad spectrum, what do you guys think of these changes, and how do you think it might affect the meta going forward?
1: I can't wait to watch teams just stare at each other in bunkers for eight minutes at a time. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, I was saying this before the podcast started. Like everybody hates goats because it's six people wailing on each other for three minute fights. Nobody died. Yeah, you guys saw nobody, nobody died before. And yeah. now we're gonna have Arissa that can put down Shield while reloading, so Shield will like be popping a little bit more um, continuously. The bunker, the mirror bunker, comp, I mean, people are gonna be crying to have goats back if that becomes the new meta.
1: I mean, I I do think that goats is still gonna be really strong there's nothing in here other than like the diva nerf that really affects goats in a negative way it more just makes bunker better where it was already good right yeah and the teams that ran bunker are just gonna run it more now (laughs) and the teams that like their goats and don't want to mess around with bunker are probably going to stay goats because uh the defense matrix range really only affects I think it affects the 3-3 matchup most, because D.Va has to play a little closer to Zarya now. Uh mm-hmm. the enemy Zarya, that is, and it, it's even more difficult to try and eat the graves now. Uh in regards to I mean, I'd be interested to see what these guys have to think about it. They they're probably smarter about the game than I am, but uh, uh I don't really think the D.Va affects goats going into like ba- uh bunker comps that much. Uh...
3: You, you could start probably, honey. You could share yeah, your okay. opinion. <laughs> you, you see, you saw it first
2: time. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I actually don't think it's gonna do a lot of change. I think Go or uh, bunker will still be like uh, a gimmicky thing, and I think people specializing in it in it will still like be able to run it. Uh, but I think it's only gonna be super good for for uh, maps like assault, uh, Hanamura, and stuff where you can actually rely on high grounds and try to yeah. Yeah, trick off people because I still think dps is going to be such a good counter to people who is not specialized in playing the bunker so you can just run triple or quad dps even and just spam out the shield and I'm not, I'm not sure if, if the orisa change is going to change anything about that uh I do think the baptist change can can do some things about the the free free comp. I think you can see some variations of um yeah. of goats with with maybe a baptist instead of lucia on defense uh especially because of the the extra ammo she gets and uh in her, in her in her healing and also the i is it the um, her ultimate is it like a, is it longer duration or is the the window larger i cannot remember uh,
1: it's, it's longer duration,
4: duration. Longer duration it's longer yeah. duration yeah
2: so i think that's i think that's gonna be pretty good for uh, for defending team on teams on mm-hmm. like Nubani. if you play like mm-hmm. first point defense you can you can utilize high grounds with uh playing uh, goats comp with a was it, level show?
1: was it you guys that were doing that in the eu trials
2: no, uh, at, at, at Paris Academy it did a, it. Did a, oh bit.
1: right, uh, right. It was Paris.
2: Yeah, and and some One teams are also doing team. it. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's going to be more viable. Um, but I do not think the the diva change is going to ma- matter. Uh, a lot. I think it's it's going to be a a little bit of the same. You just have to put your diva closer to the sorry, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to see a lot of changes, uh, except from the maybe free-free uh, goats with Baptiste instead of show. It's
0: actually a variation I hadn't actually uh, hadn't considered. Because I remember when Baptiste first came out, a lot of teams were experimenting with it, and everyone just kind of dropped it as uh, not as good. Um, but that's an interesting thought. If the, the buff somehow kind of brings it back in, makes it a little bit more viable. Awkward, mm-hmm. what say you? I mean,
3: I agree with honey uh, about the diva matrix. I don't think it would matter that much. Uh, really good, like good diva players would still be good and useful. Um, the only thing that I could think of that it would kind of be like, and like, like the nerf would that some divas like play behind walls, you could say, and the matrix like, uh, like with a certain angle that you can see the diva, but the matrix still passes, uh, and that wouldn't work anymore. But it still doesn't matter because now they just have to position a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, it's all about adaptation. And good players will adapt pretty fast, uh, so it won't really matter. Uh, for the bunker, I think that it's uh, like uh, buffing bunker, like buffing buffing like uh, characters that are in, in the bunker comp, like Baptiste and Orissa, is not a really smart move. Uh, the meta would be really, really stale and boring, not only to watch, but also to play against bunker comps. Like if you heard communications uh, within like bunker comes, it's like yeah, shoot a razor shield, shoot a research shield. Oh, Risa shield's about to break. Oh shit, he has another shield. And yeah. then he just
4: to,
1: I, was, I was casting the um, uh, which match was it? Uh, the the Tea Party match yesterday, I think, where yeah. they ended up going uh, attack Bastion into a defense Bastion bunker. And literally, like, for a minute and a half, <laughs> it was just two teams staring at each other, dancing by- back and forth between cover yeah. and their Aresa shields. Yeah. And I was like, I- give me goats. Give me goats anything.
0: <laughs> I think we yeah. saw that in EU trials as well. I can't remember the two teams, but I remembered watching this going, really, guys? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. So hopefully we don't see too much of that uh, on the attack. What about the McCree changes? How do you feel about them overall? And do you think it'll, like, change anything like on a professional level not I, like, I, like rank obviously will probably change things in comp but on a proper professional level
3: from what i've seen and what i've checked mccree is really really strong like the fire rate yeah. is really insane uh but once again you have to be like good at the character like <laughs> to, to be able to pull it off uh mccree right now doesn't have a lot of room in the current meta i would say uh I don't think that buff is what's going to change it, but definitely, like, if a meta shifts somewhere, I definitely can see McCree coming into play.
0: What What do you guys think of Symmetra goats?
1: It's It's really just if you want to, like, catch the other team off guard, <laughs> I find most of the time. Like, you're like, haha, they won't expect the Symmetra <laughs> now. And then you just get to the point, and it's like, ah, what do you do now? Come kill <laughs> us? Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: it, it's pretty much like that. It's, uh... Hey, I'm bored of playing my character. Let's try Symmetra Goats and, <laughs> and see what happens. Get me
1: out of brick jail. <laughs> <laughs> or diva and see what happens. A lot of the time.
2: I mean, yeah. if, you can, if you can play like a super stable uh, combo like Goats against Goats and you can play like this Metro instead of a diva, you can use this Metro Beam to shield spam. But but that just requires the the other team to not run you over. So I'm I'm I don't think it's viable. <laughs> but it could be a fun gimmick to see sometime if if you know a team is just gonna stand there without running you over.
1: If the other team just doesn't play the game, we can win <laughs> <end> with
2: this.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think um no now we're getting into memes. But I think my favorite meme that Blizzard's come out with recently is the Brigitte uh, police skin. <laughs> <laughs> She's taking you to brig jail. I love it. <laughs> Uh, okay so now that we've covered the hero changes let's talk a little bit about the assault map changes which I've heard two different sides of the story so if you believe that it is going to change the snowball potential then obviously these are the changes everyone has been waiting for Uh, but uh, after having spoken to a coach the other day he says it might actually make it worse so let's talk about the changes a little bit and then well I'll read the changes and then we can talk about them Um, So, obviously, the first one is the time awarded for capturing point A has been reduced from four minutes to three minutes. So, you have less time to push point B. Then, upon losing point A, any defenders that are dead or die, like, shortly thereafter, have a maximum respawn of 3.5 seconds. So, obviously, that means that the defending team will respawn a lot faster and will be able to set up on point B faster. So let's talk about this. Do you guys believe this will fix the snowball issue?
1: I think fix might be a bit of a strong term. I do like the reduced to three minutes for uh, point B. I think that's just across the board a good idea. Um, But also, it kind of, I also feel the defenders' advantage is kind of strong now for point B. Uh, Because, I mean, a lot of the time you'll just see defenders just roll out and spawn one by one by one install up to like two minutes off the clock if you're doing it right. Uh, And two minutes off the clock when you have four minutes, it's like, ouch, that hurts, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. Hmm. Two minutes off the clock when you only have three, yikes. Mm.
0: Well, I just need to actually just find, sorry, I'm looking for it now, uh, where I was told that it would actually make it worse. Uh, and this was, it's in terrible. fact, sent yeah. to me by the coach of uh, Young and Beautiful, David. His friend of mine, my turn to name drop. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says, the attacker spawn advantage mechanic won't reset between points as often now, since recontest will be more common. Uh, stalling a point will give attackers better alt economy for point B. Uh, defenders will always be able to hard stall each point less time from capping combined with the transitional spawn timer for defenders will lead to less uh, will lead to two to three less fights so teams will either end up rolling through both points with ult economy and or attackers advantage buffer from first point or get stuck after capping first point okay <laughs>
4: yeah, <that's definitely> <laughs> <useful>. <laughs> i mean
1: what i think when it comes to a change like this it's like i personally as as a, someone who just casts the game, I'm more of a. Here's my theories. Let's see how it goes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like from from playing with with David, he loves this. Uh, he loves these facts about about two CP. Like I haven't really talked to him about uh, about the changes because I just came home from vacation two days ago, so uh-huh. I haven't really been able to to talk a lot of a lot to him with, about the changes. But but from what I've heard from him, he he's not a fan because like you say, it can. It can maybe do some some bad changes in his opinion. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do think that on some points it's gonna it's gonna decrease the, the snowball potential, um, because you, you can only spawn that three point five seconds later after they kept the point. Uh, but on other other maps, to CP where where's the, where there's like a certain choke to hold, you will still it's still going to be able to roll in through that choke before you get the retimes, times and then it's going to just going to be like you have to actually find a pick on point before winning the fighters' defense. Uh, also because of the attackers' uh, advantage on on point with delayed response, uh, if you have that uh, free people on point um, cap increase or what's called attackers' advantage, he says. Mm. Uh, so. I'm I'm not sure if I like the change, but I, I just have to play it out and see how it goes when when it, when, it's all, when when it rolls out on live because uh, I, I don't really know, know what it's gonna do yet.
4: Also, a question
3: about the uh, PDR changes, is, is this also like uh, taken into consideration like overtime like if you die overtime on point A, uh, does it still like go to 3.5 seconds because overtime has extra like time that you like takes you to respawn.
0: Isn't that only on point B, or is that also on point no, A? No, that's also on A, yeah. ah.
3: but uh, I don't know. <laughs> hmm.
0: That is a good question.
3: Hmm. They
0: don't actually address that.
3: Uh, they don't address that. That's why I was kind of curious. Maybe somebody knows. Hmm.
0: So that could also uh, affect... I suppose it would. I mean, if they don't specifically address it, then they're just going to shorten those uh, respawns back down to 3.5. Like, hey, you've been respawning for 12 seconds. Now you've lost the point. You nah. <laughs> I mean, you've already lost the point, so it, it doesn't really make much of a difference. No, nah. could be. Um. All right. Well, that's that for the PTR changes. Now uh, we're going to do something a little bit fun. Uh, and what's going to be great about this is we can talk a little bit about the different metas that are currently in Overwatch that we we're going to be seeing, hopefully, uh, coming up soon. So I'm going to ask my producer to just change screen uh, screens 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 quickly. All right. So. We're gonna take Clockwork, the team, and put them in a box for a second. As a right. general rule, you shouldn't run a risk on attack. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's interesting that those two teams decided that we're gonna experiment with the Clockwork comp on attack.
3: This little box would be called my avoid list, by the
4: way. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Wow, that's toxic.
0: Thank All you.
1: Right, <laughs> comp together, so you just <laughs> gotta avoid one of them, right? Yeah.
0: Well, they can't comp together anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
4: um,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah unlucky. All right, let's move on to the next composition. Uh, most people should be familiar with this one. But again, there are some variations. So tell us a little bit about Dive.
1: Well, I mean, D- Dive was kind of the staple of uh, uh, the meta for a long time, right, if you've been watching Overwatch. Just Winston Diva. Uh, the classic Dive was Genji Tracer. And then the supports... My understanding is the supports changed around some, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times... Zen was, Lucio, most
3: of the time, yeah. yeah Zen Lucio.
1: Yeah. And then for, like, a little bit, people tried Mercy, and then they realized it was not good. Not uh, good but not. you just all... You 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 just jump on a person. You dive on them. There's a reason it's called that. It's right there in the name. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as we said, there be some interesting variations. Obviously, the OG was the Tracer Genji, and now we see a little bit of Sombra. Uh, coming into the mix there uh, i've actually seen moira as well which always makes me like what
1: yeah I, I bit- th- that, the that, the idea is that you like fade in and get a bunch of healing <laughs> and every time i see that every single time i have seen a team try that the second the moira uses fade they pop <laughs> Instantly die.
2: If you play the if you play the dive with the Mora, you're relying so much on getting the, the instant pick, like the mm-hmm. when yeah. when you jump, like if, if they survive the initial jump, you're you're gonna end up lacking damage and the mora is so exposed. So mm-hmm. I only think the more if dive is, is super viable. If if they have like a super squishy comp with uh Sen and, and Mercy even mm-hmm. Um and then you need to get the first pick still or you're gonna lose end up losing.
3: I also don't think Moira is that good the way it maps on, with really good, like with really high high grounds, like, or like yeah. Horizon Lunar is why I don't think it's a good how, map How Moira. are you gonna
1: run Moira dive on Gibraltar? You yeah. don't. You don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll get you there, guys, in <laughs> Go on Don't worry, video. guys, I'm tossing
1: the orb up there.
0: It'll pass you for like
1: eight seconds and then you'll all die. But for those eight seconds, you're gonna be good. We got this.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the next composition, Double Sniper. Sounds self-explanatory, but just in case, um, tell us about Double Sniper.
2: Yeah. So you you basically had an had an Hansa um, and a Widow, and then you had a Mercy Senyata and Winston Diva. And was it just about getting picks? Like on on defense, you were just. Trying to make space for your own snipers, so you could, could you could duel their snipers, uh, while their attacking side was doing the same thing, <laughs> and it was terrible playing support in this meta because you yeah, couldn't wow. any anything. <laughs> like the moment you pick peek, peek out from from a corner or something, uh-huh. you just have Hanson Widow widow staring yeah. at you. So so from yeah from from a support support point of view, this I think this was the worst worst meta to play in my opinion at least. Yeah. I hated
3: <laughs> is- double snipers all. Well. <laughs>
0: Oh God! I just realized we've got three support mains in this chat. <laughs> well, there you go. Solidarity, rise up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. Four producers also support main. Paul, what are you? I I
1: haven't I've haven't touched rank for more than like eight minutes in the last six months. I I think based off this season, you would call me a a also, really happy yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Uh. Yeah. Let's pretend I'm an off-tank.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's fine. All right, um, goats. Now, we have spoken that one to death, so I don't think we need to cover that one. Hog triple tank. Also, I think, kind of self-explanatory. Although, I've, I haven't seen that run too much. We did talk um, kind of before the, the call started about slambulance, which we'll get to in a minute. But this is hog triple tank. And now, where might we actually see something like that? What kind of situations would that Yeah.
2: I mean, this was
1: like the Ninjas in Pajama uh, yeah. comp, right?
2: This was like the, the comp very popular around like uh, 16, 17 winter, and you just had like Ryan, Diva, Roadhog, and then you would have like a Tracer or Soldier, or even a Genji. I remember the Chavs with Fisher back then, they ran Genji just because he was a good Genji. And then Anna Lucio. <laughs> so this comp was by like basically around getting a pick, because Roadhog was also like super one-shot potential back then. Well, Even yeah. if he hooked Asari or, or Reinhardt, he could one-shot the most of the time. Um, I don't think it's viable to play anymore because of the Roadhog changes. But back then, when he mm-hmm. could actually one-shot tanks, uh, it, it was a viable comp because you could re- rely on getting the picks. And then when you had like a pulse bomb or something, was 400 damage back then, so you could also kill someone with the pulse bomb even tanks.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember those days, dark times. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, McCree, Doomfist, also pretty self-explanatory. But I want to know, where would you actually run something like that? Because that's that's an interesting combination of, of DPS heroes. Maybe I'm crazy, but that, I don't know.
3: McCree, Doom, like. I'm thinking also there's been a phase where people play a lot of Somber Doom fists and I yes. think it's worked on this.
0: Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the, the goats counter a couple months yeah. ago. Uh,
3: I think McCree Doom Somber Doom would be really good in maps like King's Rome, where you have a lot of like space for the Doom, like really low, like low, not too much space. I mean, like that so he can just like be really, really useful and get away really fast. McCree like also like um it's really good where he you can like um, do consistent damage when people are trying like to to try to flank, possibly try to like pass chokes and do a lot of things. They, I would say, they like in maps like Kings Row that are really really small, yeah, but yet have like little high grounds that you could play play from.
1: Maybe maybe like Oasis University too.
3: Oasis University, yeah. I think it, I mean, yeah, I could see that like how it works.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Definitely.
4: All
0: right um this is a fun one so no oh, limits God. um for anybody that recently tuned into overwatch there was a time long ago where if you so chose you could run like three traces and two lucio's uh, six you know, whatever floats you <laughs> yeah there you go that too um six symmetras why not <laughs> i mean we really don't have to discuss that one that's that's pretty it's, 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 it's the hu- arcade it's mode.
1: hardly even it's hardly even a matter.
0: exactly i mean it was so free for all that
1: That, nobody knew what overwatch was back then bastion bastion had a personal shield we don't (laughs) want to talk about it
0: (laughs) oh lord oh those were dark times all right um so for the next one we actually don't know what omnic crisis is we had a discussion about this before the podcast started and we got no clue so chat if you have some ideas you can like drop them in the chat so we can figure that out. Uh, but for the for the meantime, we'll uh, move on to pharmacy. Tell us a bit about pharmacy, guys.
2: So my uh, my well, I don't know what the original pharmacy comp was like. It was before the the rest changes. So it was just like you had everyone go in try to get a kill and and then or like you, you just trade kills so you try to kill as many people you could while also dying yourself and then your mercy was just hiding and then both teams actually did did, did this so so it also it always ended up being like four or five man reses and then the the fight would just reset and it was so terrible to play against and also play play ass because it, it was just you would throw everything into the first fight and then out of nowhere the, everyone would just be back up again and, and it would just be a second fight without having any ultimates and and then you would just rely on your tracer or pep popping off and getting a second pick to to end yeah. the fight but it was it was something at least <laughs>
0: Jeez, I, I actually remember because uh, I've been playing Mercy for most of my Overwatch career. I'm not a cliche, by the way. And I, st- I remember going down point, down point, down point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And when, when you could, like like on um, Gibraltar Third Point, when you could raise people from below the floor, like in mm. spawn. Oh, man. Magical oh, times. <laughs> Dark days. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> and then they added the invulnerability while she's raising. Oh man, oh, no. <laughs> those are the days. Bring it back. All right. Uh, next on our list is quad DPS. Ah so uh, yes, the
1: worst much. meta to cast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. You think bunker's bad? Do you know how difficult it is when there's four DPS off doing their own thing Look- on some corner of the map? No. <laughs>
1: okay. So ca- caveat, caveat. So for people who might not know how like production can work for like the lower levels where you're at like two tier two ish tier generally like low tier two tier three level, right? There's yeah. two different huh. types of uh, observing as a caster that you get, right? One is where you get a clean feed. It's where you just get what the audience gets and you cast over that. But the other is where you are in game and you have to cast what you see. So when I am in-game, I and there's quad DPS, I am desperately trying to figure out who is just gonna kill somebody next. Mm-mm. And if it's quad versus quad, I'm, I'm done for. I'm done for. <laughs> Anybody can hit anyone, anywhere on the map, and I, I, I can almost never accurately talk about what the viewers get to see on-screen. If there's a clean feed, it's not too bad. <laughs> but... If I'm doing it for like open division, I yeah, want to slam my head into the desk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, we were actually talking about um, DPS compositions working well against Clockwork. And we did actually see a couple of teams trying quad DPS instead of triple DPS. Mm-hmm. And I found the biggest issue with that was once your Mercy died, you were kind of done for.
3: Mm, yeah, quad DPS, like, I just I don't think it has enough... Uh... Like, Against bunker, like it, it's good, sp- it really depends on the map, but like it's it's not really reliable. You don't like there's not like there's really good pressure on shields and everything, but there's no like, well, what if they had we had a corner? What do you do then? Like,
1: um, mm-hmm. you
3: just sit there in your corner <laughs> and doing nothing.
0: It sounds like a good game, it's all right? Like, um, uh, like
1: Hanamura A, right? Like, if you try and run quad into a bunker on Hanamura A. They, if they just rotate back to the, uh, the stairwell by the point, it can yeah. be pretty freaking difficult to actually, you know, hit the shield. Yeah. quad Qu-
3: was really, like, on Hanamura first, like, it, it would re- be really good against GOATs, but even then, like, even if you would, like, win the fight, it would take you, like, at least three minutes to get the cap, so it wouldn't really then- be worth it.
1: And then you have to either try and run it on B, which, good luck, or swap and have no... (laughs) Yeah, the
3: the biggest issue was, like, even if you capped it, like, let's just say after three minutes, right? Then they played GOATS to have ultis, and then you are forced to swap to GOATS, and then you go to B, Hanamura, and you fight GOATS with ultis when you don't have, and then they get a snowball effect at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you have Mm -hmm. to play GOATS versus GOATS, and you would lose because they would have ult advantage. I
2: also think... Quad DPS was mainly a counter to GOATs. Like One map I oh, particularly yeah. remember was Lijiang Garden, where uh, you would have one team rolling out on Quad DPS and the other team rolling out on GOATs. And the moment the, the, the GOATs team saw that they were playing Quad DPS, they would go back to swap. And then the moment the, the Quad DPS team would see that they swapped from GOATs, they would go back and swap GOATs too. So then they then it would just be like, you just swap <laughs> for everyone the Ducks and then, then like... The map would be like two minutes in before anyone kept the point because you would just have two two teams swapping and spawn because yeah. counter picks. Yep.
0: All right. Before we move on to the next composition, I see sci-fight aka Chase, is in the chat. So if we could all just wish him a happy birthday, please. Happy,
1: happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> you. Hell yeah! <laughs> all right, right, right.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, moving moving swiftly along. So we mentioned a uh, slambulance just a moment ago. <laughs> Uh, tell us a little bit about the Slambulance comp- composition. Particularly for those that learned today what uh, Slambulance is. Awkward. <clears throat>
3: yeah, I, I didn't have any idea. What, like, what the hell is Slambulance?
1: who?
0: who is, the, be- like, <laughs> the best name? Best
1: name out of all of
2: them. Oh, did yeah. you play with Kafe in uh, Sun Gaming when you were running a Quad Tank all the time? Awkward. Or was it another? Uh, no, it was another no, it was not me. <laughs> it was another. Because I remember Sun Gaming with Kafe back in the days. They were the only team like trying to perfect this because but,
3: they're toughy. yeah. No, because Shumpy was also one trick, yeah yeah, on, so on, yeah. yeah, back <laughs> in the day, so
2: but it was it was just relying on getting grav diva bombs or getting a fat nade into a grav mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because the original sample and so Quote tank was with Anna Lucio uh, because Moira was not back out then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. and you were just relying on, on getting a grav and diva bomb and a huge shatter or uh. Oh yeah, getting a hook with uh, with Roadhog. So I, I think that was, yeah, I, I don't think it's viable anymore, but it was super fun to play, especially if you have good uh, Roadhog players, they could carry yeah. a whole team back then. Yeah, and it's also pretty fun to
3: play Hog, honestly, so. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I must, just coming back to clockwork, Moose is one of the most insane Roadhogs. It, I, every time I watch Clockwork, I have flashbacks to Kib in the World Cup on um, uh, King's Row hooking pharaohs out of the sky. Oh, man. Sorry. Okay. Nah. I, I think
1: <laughs> everybody's <laughs> seen that that clip of uh, Moose on <laughs> on Noombani now, right? Yes,
0: with the, the mercy. And gets <sighs> the, the,
1: the mercy. I mean... Just
0: nutty. Man, yeah. it,
1: mm-hmm. man,
0: so. A good road dog is terrifying. Alright, yeah. the last composition. And... As I mentioned previously, I was a Mercy main, so this is my favorite meta. Uh the Moth meta.
4: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Y'all thought Brick Jail was bad. <laughs> remember Mercy Jail? Yeah. I, I
2: played I played main support for singularity when the mercy was at as it uh, when it was super good at least. Oh, no. And I just remember the mercy like you could do everything. You could frag out when you had Valk. You could and then you, when some somebody died, you would just rest them, and then you had a second rest at least mm. prior to the to the changes. Mm-hmm. And it was just, man, and it was also the time you played double sniper. So we've, it was just about mm-hmm. getting the the rests out as early as possible, because then when you get the the third pick, you could not rest anymore, and and you would eventually win the fight. So, <laughs> but but <Mercy> was <laughs> super broken. Like it was it wasn't even fun to play. I think. <laughs>
3: Yeah, like, I remember I also, like, I uh, ringed one time as main support, like, for the Team UK before the World Cup, and we played that. I was like, the whole screen, I was thinking, like, what is this? Like, wh- like, what? Like, how would people enjoy this? This is, like, so fundamentally, like, you don't have any discipline, nothing. Just people <laughs> running around dying, and you just rest them.
0: That sounds amazing. What do you mean?
3: It's terrible. It's terrible. Trust me. All
0: right. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so that's all of the different metas. So now we start to rank. Okay. Um, so let's start with Beyblade. Where would you guys rank this? It's a six-tier ranking system. So from S, A, B, C, D, E, S obviously being the best and E being the absolute worst, where would you rank Beyblade?
1: So I have a question. Is this uh-huh. is this like a power ranking or a yes. how what much I like them ranking? Hmm. Because let's earlier talk, talk when you ranking. said don't Okay, that's good then, because earlier when you said uh, we weren't supposed to do these, and I did, I definitely did it by how much I like them so <laughs> we're good, it's a fresh start here Fresh
0: start well, start. you guys are welcome to just do those uh put them on Twitter, your like personal favorites, put them on Twitter, tag the grind we'll do a retweet. But for nah. this one, I think we'll we'll keep it focused on on power ranking, how effective are these compositions, but keep in mind it's going to be kind of like. For the, if you, if you had to bring them back now, how effective would they be? Oh,
1: okay. So, can we, put, can we move Beyblade down to the E tier then? Actually, can All we right. make a separate tier that is G? <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a possibility? Because no, no if, if Reaper's on the map, you lose the game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <Okay. laughs>
0: All right. So, what, So we're putting Beyblade right at the bottom. Uh, Bemi, you just click and drag on the actual name. Okay.
1: He's, I think he's looking to see they if he can make, a, make that G tier there. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: yeah. All right. So just cool. giving then... the, the nano boost change that it doesn't provide movement speed anymore, Reaper's just, yeah. it's, it's terrible. It's so bad for him, even with nano boost. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, next one being Bunker. Where would you rank Bunker? Right mm. now, I mean, it's
1: one of the like three compositions that actually gets played right no right so now. probably like
3: a tier i would put yeah, it just, i would say yeah, a
1: tier it, it has it, it has its uses yeah all right and and where it's useful it's really good
0: all right um, next up the clockwork comp
1: if you're clockwork you put it s tier but if yeah. you're <laughs> anybody else i think this is c tier at best I- <laughs> I mean, I thought that,
3: like, when I made it by myself, I thought it was, like, personal uh, opinion, so I put it on E-tier,
4: honestly. But...
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you guys definitely do your personal ones and uh, put that on Twitter for us. Definitely. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, that does create an interesting thing. I think we should we should be looking at this composition in terms of other teams, not clockwork, because obviously yeah. clockwork are. St- slaying with it so would you guys agree c tier are you happy with that as a power ranking
1: i think Mm -hmm. at least for the moment yes until teams figure out how to play it like clockwork vendetta it's (laughs) not good enough inherently as a composition it doesn't have the necessary (coughs) like synergies just off the bat Mm
3: -hmm. yeah i agree i would put it on c as well and nobody's going to play it like, uh, like Locker because nobody's going to one-trick a character for an entire year, so That's I don't out. know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if, if, I you, mean, if you show me consistently that people are as good as at Torbjorn as Engineer, no. i would doubt what time might <laughs> we're in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I was watching Obling's stream the other day and everyone was like, because he, he had his title as mm. Torb placements and everyone was <laughs> saying to him, why, why are you playing Torb? And he's like, I got told I have to learn Torb. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, it's,
1: no. it's,
4: it's
0: happening, boys.
4: <laughs> oh, no.
0: Well, but <laughs>
1: Torb, right. Torb has uses. Out. I mean, you can put Torb in like a bunker that isn't the clockwork comp,
2: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um,
1: that's
4: true. That's not.
2: Yeah. Too I also think like on Torb right now is super good against like as a counter dive hero because yeah, you can't absolutely. play monkey into that. Yeah. It's going to change because it like there's should bit uh, a slight nerf to his right click on PTR, but but Torb right now is just so OP and the molten core is is a lot of damage as well. Um, so I think Torb can be played outside of Clockwork. I think he's a type yeah. pick if you just mentioned the hero itself and not the whole comp. Yeah.
0: yeah. Alright, um, next one is Dive. Where would you rate that in the power ranking?
2: If you play Dive right now, you're gonna get shit on by Break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much,
1: like, unless, unless you're playing it spe- into, like, a specific comp, right? Like, if yeah. you play Dive into specific bunkers, like ones that don't have Torb.
3: Like classic dive, like some uh, Genji Tracer.
1: I don't think anyone plays Genji yeah. Tracer anymore. It's all yeah. it's all um cyber ninja now. Yeah. It's all oh, some no, no, yeah, sombra <laughs> Genji, Sombra
3: Tracer.
1: Yeah. Um I, I think Sombra Genji is fine, not good. It's
3: um, um I think it's good against Bunker, like if you can play yeah, exactly. and then you, you just, just have wipe.
1: you just have a three alt win condition, right? Yeah. This emp nanoblade if you don't mess it up there's mm. absolutely no way to you know uh win, win a fight against it right yeah yep uh but outside of that eh.
0: yeah i not think really if you good. match
1: it into like a smart bunker or if you match it into goats it's kind of trash yeah so, so i'd say like beats here because it gets played but if it,
4: if
3: it's classic, like Tracy, Tracer Genji, so probably E. But like if it's uh, yeah. Sombra Genji, so yeah, probably like B or C. Just because it's good against Bunker. Yep. And if you put Bunker like on B so, or A, I don't know where we put it. we put, uh, it, on put it on A. Yeah. So if you put Bunker on A, you should put it like at least like B. Yeah. yeah.
0: Think
3: if, you, if you consider Sombra
1: Genji.
0: Yeah, I think we'll go with Sombra Genji because that's just more realistic. Um, that's the
1: dive that happens right now.
0: Yeah. All right, so we'll stick that in. Okay, next up, double sniper.
1: Oh man, uh, <laughs> I think this. I know we still on- see
0: that ah. on Junkertown, which is cool. Yeah,
1: exactly. If you go to like Junkertown, uh, you see it a lot, or you see it sometimes on Watchpoint too. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes. See, a lot of teams goats have just opted into goats now, though, on Watchpoint. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, you can also play it on on maps where like uh, assault maps, like well, Sky a First Point, where you, yeah. the, the attacking mm-hmm. team is going to point, and you have snipers on top. And I think it's super viable there, especially if you can play it with it, it, if you can play it with a super good ash. Because dynamite mm-hmm. is going to create yes. so much pressure, and that's yes. also a sniper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I would put it around like an A tier on specific on only on specific maps, but but at least an A tier. Um, <laughs> it's my opinion on it.
0: Well, if we're saying that it's map dependent, yeah. which obviously lowers its viability slightly, mm-hmm. we could probably drop it a level. I think but I think yeah. B would be a there. smart
1: place because yeah. if 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 we put dive in, like it has its specific uses, but it's not universally good. Double sniper mm-hmm. kind of fits into that niche right now. That is
0: true. Okay, so we're looking at B, yeah. Sounds uh,
1: good. Y- yeah, I think so.
0: Cool. Right, next up. <laughs> S. S,
1: put it in the S <laughs> tier.
0: <laughs> Anybody want to argue with that?
4: Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. All put
0: right, right, S2. right.
4: Just Hog do that tank. quick.
1: <laughs> uh Hog- you were saying Hog Triple Tank had like Tracer or Soldier in it when they ran it, right?
2: Yeah, that was back in the uh, days. Now I think you can yeah. play it with a sombra like uh I think okay. Paris Academy did it in, in Trials, actually. They played triple. Triple Sanctuary. got really good utility, so I would put it on E. That is true. I would put it on E. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, like, D at best.
2: Yeah, probably uh, D I'm, or E. It's,
1: it's hard to tell because I haven't seen it played. Because well, nobody actually, is going to risk that. Um,
0: now, this is something I've mostly seen in our, our local Overwatch scene in South Africa. So it's not oh, much to go on. But what I've actually seen is bunker composition, right? So with a Bastion and an Arista and a D-van a Roadhog.
1: Yeah. Um, no, that's a that's a thing I've seen a few times. That was something we saw in Open Division in NA. Yeah, uh, I think we uh, actually did see that. On Junkertown. Um yeah. the tri- the triple tank defense, uh like with the bunker, and then you run double sniper with it on Junkertown. That was really common. Um <laughs> and then on offense teams would do it with uh Bastion.
0: There you go. Alright, so what did we say? E tier.
1: E tier
4: duh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unlucky. Alrighty. So next up, McCree Doomfist. Mm, I
1: think I'm have... assuming the Doomfist <laughs> isn't sparkle, then we put this also in like <laughs> E tier. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Right. Drop it in here. Yeah, you
2: would need a Danet or a Sparkle to, to make that, happen, <laughs> I think. <Yeah. laughs> And even then it would
3: be D tier maximum.
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually with standard hmm. All right. Um, so now for no limits. All right. So if basically if you implemented that, it would change everything. It's not actually a meta. Yeah, I was yeah. say. But do you think teams would stop running GOATs if they were able to run more than one hero?
3: Yeah, you could play six brigs.
0: Yeah, yeah. You- <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> That actually sounds
4: that... amazing.
3: And that You're already puts so it on us to you. <laughs> I
1: actually want to make. I was going it... to say you just play six Faras into ghosts, but <laughs> I don't.
3: Six flames on the fara like... and he dies.
1: I'm just hearing in... like the the brig rally just go off over and over in my head. Rally to <laughs> rally, like, rally, to, rally to rally to rally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah mixing an ala like make in the middle of it. Really really oh,
1: could you Lord. imagine could you imagine watching a fight on like, like, let's say, like control center and just six brigs all pop rally at the same time. <laughs> do you think anyone dies for the next 30 minutes of overwatch? Because they tell <laughs> That
0: sounds uh, terrifying. <laughs> all right, All right. Six tumbles um, are invisible. It's <laughs> 12 stars <laughs> yeah. all invisible. Let's go. Let, let's make it proper here. It's,
1: just, I, I it's, actually... a, it's a game of chicken. They see who deflux first.
0: <laughs> I actually want to put it in S tier purely because of how it would just turn everything on its head.
4: We could say six that. Six racket balls. Yeah. You
1: just sit six around the point the
0: <laughs> Stop playing pinball. Say,
3: like, oh literally, gosh. six anything would be funny. Like, six <laughs> orbs.
0: <would> <laughs> Hey, six torps would be OP. Can you imagine six (laughs) molten cores going out at the same time? (sighs) (laughs) It it would
1: literally be the floor is lava. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. We're going to stick that in S tier. All right. Okay. Nobody has been able to tell us what the hell the Omnic Crisis comp is, so we're going to ignore that. Next up is going to be Pharmacy. (laughs)
1: Hmm. I think, I mean, Pharmacy in general right now is decent, but you just put it in a quad DPS, right? Yeah. So if we're differentiating and saying pharmacy is like its own thing, the mercy res doesn't exist like it used to. Mm -hmm. So I think the concept of pharmacy where you just kind of throw the first half of the team fight doesn't really work anymore.
2: (laughs) I still think Pharaoh Mercy is just super strong if you play it with the right the right composition. Oh yeah. So uh, I, I think you could put yeah I think you could you can put it on an A tie because you can if you're good enough you can both play it against goats and you can play it against Bunger. Uh So I think it's like I think it's pretty good still. Uh, yeah, so i A, A or B. Yeah. Pretty good.
0: Yeah. I mean, when yeah. you run that with Hanzo, uh, particularly on something like Nepal on uh um, yeah, spam car Yeah. I mean, it's it's huge. So I think yeah, A tier works for me as well. Happy.
1: Yeah. I'm good oh, with that.
0: Yeah. All right. Next up, quad DPS. I promise, he's an
4: A.
1: <laughs> um, quad DPS is kind of funky. I think it's fallen off a lot right now. Nobody really plays quad a lot. It's all—it's a lot mm-hmm. of triple. It's a lot of triple yeah. just to get the spam going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm.
3: And it's also not easy to find four players who can play DPS on the same team. So. That's
1: true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh and there's so many variations of quad DPS too, right? And then all the it always depended on what your players could play. It was never like, okay, these are (laughs) the four best uh DPS players to play together into a GOATs composition. It's just like, okay, what can we play that might work? Can you hey you over there? Can you play? Can you play hansa No, (laughs) Soldier? Soldier? Okay, you're a soldier. All right. (laughs) What do you play? Uh, 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 (laughs) <laughs> Off tank, what do you play? Oh, you play
0: Farah? <laughs> sure, why
1: not? You'll hit something with a rocket.
0: <laughs> so I think what we're saying is E tier because of just how I don't think it is. It's not I but, say,
3: I it's C tier. still an E tier. I would say I would say C or I would say like
0: B
1: maybe.
3: B no B is too much.
1: Yeah, I think well, is it, I think it's still good against like goats and bunker. On paper, right? You just have to, you know,
3: uh, on paper, yeah. I don't know, on paper,
1: paper. <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
1: yeah, I'll I would go see. I'm outvoted, <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: It shall be all right. We've got two left, and then I think we have like a whole two questions, so we should finish marginally nice. on time. Um, so flambulance, where are we sticking that one, boys?
1: Oh, I think nine. the argument here is that it's just worse, goats, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's that is. goats. <laughs> now you played with Amara and you have a hawk feeding, like he's just nah. old no battery. Yeah, I right? think I think a B or C would be nah. the best.
3: Pro- probably C.
1: I think B is way too high. Yeah, B is too yeah. yeah. yeah man, say, maybe you're right.
2: Maybe I'm wrong. I can't, think, right. think, of, running, I can't yeah. think
1: of a single situation where I'm like, oh, I want to run quad tank here instead of goats. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I can. I can. I can, I can dig argument on that, yeah. that the hook, like if you really want to get a pick, <laughs> like the hook helps with that. But, I uh, I mean, if we're if we're talking in a vacuum where teams play like ideally in these compositions against each other, the hook isn't going to be as good as just the pure sustained goats has, right? So no. I was yeah. gonna, I was going to say D tier.
2: I can dig that. It sounds yeah, so, oh, sounds yeah, I'll, fair. Yeah, i hey, That's our
0: first tier Let's go. All right, and um, the last one, moth meta. Again, keep your opinions at the door, or <laughs> <Well>, your personal <laughs> opinions. If this like... is
2: if this is the original moth with two reses, uh, instant res, not even the uh, the cast time. Uh, I would say because uh, we put pharmacy so high, I would say s <laughs> tire. But wow. the thing
1: is, it's current res, right? Yeah, the yeah,
0: it, it has so... to be current. Yeah. All
2: right, all right.
4: Mm, then so maybe
1: saying like. E tier.
3: Yeah, you'll probably get demolished E-tier. before you could like res anybody Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fine E tier it shall be. Y'all Put a lot We are not Yeah, there yeah. you go. The best combination of goats and something that lives within our imagination. Basically, <laughs> what we're saying is That's we're all <laughs>
2: go to the fairy tale we love <laughs> our goats
0: <laughs> so, all right all right all right before we go too much over time so uh we can bring it back to the cameras now so you can all see our lovely faces again we will be putting that up on our social media so you guys can go reference that a bit later you can shout at us if you want to please don't tag me tag them um, <laughs> finally let's move on to the questions and we got like an extra question um, in the interim so yay Okay, so the first question, and I think we did somewhat cover it, but let's just do it again quickly, and this one came from David, um, the coach of Young and Beautiful, for anybody that wasn't too sure about that. What were your thoughts, now this comes back to the changes to the Assault map, Uh, what were your thoughts on Attackers Advantage? The 3.5 is hard locked, it won't go higher for that respawn.
2: I think the attackers' advantage is so good. Like I remember when there was no attackers' advantage, the spawn would just be the same for the whole time. You could have people picking. You you would have one guy picking May then you'd have a Ryan pinning to the point every time he respawned to get a pick. and you mm-hmm. would just be able to stall the point for four or five minutes because you would just mm-hmm. go one by one. Uh, mm-hmm. And the change they implemented with the attackers' advantage, it's like it's gonna be increased to 15 or 16 seconds now. If you have like getting a three people or more on point, uh, like a, more than the, than the other yeah. teams, so you need to have like four to one on point. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to stop a bit of these stalls. Like you can still do a really good stall if you go one by one and you've, you've managed to survive for a long time, but it's uh, it's it's way harder to do so. And you will maximum get like one or two minutes max uh, by stalling this way uh, and not four to five minutes that like you could do uh, before the attack av- attackers advantage. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good thing, at least.
3: (laughs) I was also like watching a YouTube video that like the overtime spawn also like take like the more time it gets to respawn also depends on the time it's been overtime, And it could like, I've never like seen it happen before in a match, but I think it was the maximum cap of like 30 seconds. Like 25, I think you could like literally spawn for 25 seconds. Uh, Which I think the the attacker's advantage was like a really, really good... um, that i implemented uh i don't think three and a half seconds is a like it's i think it's too little honestly because it's not only like it's not only lets you like it not only lets like the attackers not be able to rush properly to the second point which is like okay fair but like you could get into a really good position with three and a half seconds like
0: mm-hmm.
3: respawn time
0: okay cool next question uh this one comes from shaylock to what extent do both players uh, do both players okay so the players think that staff account for the success of a team um an example is if triumph or yab win is it because slash david prepared them for every scenario or if they win is it because they played well due to the fact uh, that they have a great squad of players
2: do you want to go ahead no you, i think it's fine i so um with david i really like david like i was I, I liked our old coach, um, but but he's doing such amazing work for us. Uh, I did not play the last match of trials because I was going on vacation. So I was super nervous. But when I saw the scouting that David had done, he put everything into a document with how QLS played their comms and stuff. I was, I was so confident that they could win even without me because coming out of the plane, uh, seeing that my team was up 2-0, that was amazing, because <laughs> oh, then right. I just knew that we were in we were in contenders. Like if we just won two matches we, or two maps, we would be in contenders. Uh, so so I think he's doing an, an, an amazing job, and I think uh, he's he's a very good addition to our team. And what he's doing is is giving a, give us giving us an edge uh, to be a better mm-hmm. team.
3: Uh, for me, I think like specifically for my team. Uh, I think that the coaches have a really good, uh, like, really good, like, reason of why we're being able to do so well. But if you ask this question generally, I would say that might sound like a BM to a lot of people. But I think that a lot of coaches are getting credit for something they don't deserve, or uh, I think that a lot of coaches are that are just like simply frauds. I would say. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs>
4: it uh, happened
0: sorry uh, just to cut you off uh Bemi has an alarm clock which is literally just a siren and before the show started Paul was like we're just gonna like it's gonna happen that alarm is gonna go off and we're gonna have everybody reacting like <laughs> ah there you go it happened his alarm was off <laughs> uh,
3: so so back to what I was saying is that I think a lot of coaches um uh, either they don't get enough credit for what they do or they get too much credit for what they do mm-hmm. I think um a lot of teams that are just, just generally really, really good, they have really good players, they have really good chemistry and they're doing well. And there's like some coach that is kind of like average or even below average getting all the credit because yeah. you know they, they want this or they want that. But it's because the players are good. It's not because like he did anything that is... I've mm. I've I've had a lot of experience with coaches who are just not really good. Um,
1: to, to kind of piggyback off that, I've seen a lot of coaches just kind of bounce around like the lower tier two level where they'll coach a contenders team that gets relegated and then they'll go on to coach another contenders team that gets relegated and then they'll <laughs> leave and coach another contenders team that gets relegated <laughs> in a different region. And yeah. it's like, how, how do these people keep getting jobs? jobs. <laughs> Does, yeah. Um, I, I know their resume says like, cont- and I mean, obviously that's oversimplifying it yeah. because it's not always like the coach's fault, but uh, at at some point you have to wonder, right? If you've had mm. all these different rosters of contenders level players, what is actually going wrong? Yeah. Like
4: yeah.
3: if 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 you want me to be completely honest of how like they're getting like these jobs or whatever, it's just because they know somebody and they just like, hey, let's just bring him over here. And it, it's not only with coaches, it's also with players, you know. Yeah.
4: Like okay. there's
3: a, a, a lot of like i i will i'm not gonna say names or anything but like there are a lot of players and contenders that i would say that are just there just because they're friends with somebody and they're like far better options out there that are could be a good replacement for
2: mm-hmm.
4: some
3: people
2: so one of uh, the one of the. Best experience or like stories I know about coaching it's like Saita when he was in Contenders. Like it was whatever he would do when, with Giganti, and even how many people got get poached, get poached every season, he would just still make a team which came back to to be in the finals like every time. Uh, I have not worked with him, but but looking from the outside, I I think that that guy is super smart and he's doing a, a huge work for his team to be able to be so good. And,
1: uh, uh... Oh sorry.
2: I was can.
1: gonna say that like um Curry Shot, right? Uh mm-hmm. Curry Shot was on one point when they were really good. He moved to mayhem. <laughs> they dominated this season. Uh, I think I think there's a certain level to which a good coach just went a good coach added to a already good roster is just insane. Whereas a yeah. bad coach added to a good roster can really kind of just ruin it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I've heard horror stories. Somebody told me, uh, because I've got got a couple of coach friends, and one was actually telling me he picked up a main tank player whose coach once said to him, listen, just don't talk in comms. Because the guy didn't know what to say in comms. He was like, it's fine. You don't have to talk (laughs) as the main tank in GOATS. Um, like, what, is there, Overwatch is this? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I never asked for specifics, but I think just to bring it back specifically to that question, a more direct answer is that it really is a balance. You've got to have good players that can pop off, but a good coach, as Paul said, will really bring out the best in those players. Mm. Got to have the balance. Yeah. All right. Next question. And this one comes from Cake OW. Shaking my head. Um, the dumbest sounding comp. <laughs> That you want to work, or that you think could work.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, is
1: it, BM, is it BM to say Clockwork Vendetta Comp?
4: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it does work.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: The, right. the way I, the way I feel about like, clock, like Clockwork
4: Vendetta Comp is like all these like. Is they all six of them were flamed by everyone and they
3: united into one team <laughs> to take revenge upon these uh, players who have flamed them.
1: You know what would have been a good And it's working, it? you know? You know what would have been a good end? The EU ranks rejects. <laughs> nice. That would be a that's, great.
0: What's wrong with you people? Um, all right. The last <laughs> question, also from Cake, was um, pineapple on pizza. Pineapple on oh hell no, it.
3: hell no! Whoever think, whoever eats, no, it's it's terrible. Don't eat that, please. I'm,
1: a, I'm with awkward. <laughs> I'm
2: not a fan. I'm positive. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Oh man.
0: <laughs> We're too two oh, least. All right, the rest of you are dead to me. Who needs my new friend? <laughs> hey,
1: at, least two, two, at least two two exists somewhere. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, this this one last question, and this one's actually for me. Uh, and it's for all of you guys. How did you come up with your your like, game tag, IGN, whatever? How did you come up with it?
2: So um, when coming into Overwatch in my prior games, my my in-game name was actually uh, Keenex. Um, but but coming into Overwatch, when we started getting casters and so, it, it just reminded so much of Kelix and the was, casters mm-hmm. were, like, plummeted. Uh, <laughs> So I I changed it to Huni uh, or Honey, also um, also because of my dog died, um, and that was named Honey. So I just changed Aww. it both because of the the name similarities and then to remind me of my dog. Might Aww. be a bit corny, but but I liked it.
0: <laughs> no, that's adorable. What do you mean? <laughs> just to clarify, is it Honey or Huni?
2: In in Danish, I would say Huni, but but uh, in international it's fine with Honey.
0: Who needs Shelby? All right, awkward. What about you?
3: Yeah, it's probably the most common question that I get. Uh, yeah. Where, like, did I get my nickname from? Uh, honestly, like, I always tell people that, like, if they knew me in real life, they would probably like not even ask this question because it's so obvious. <laughs> uh, I just, I just like to do random stuff that is like embarrassing to other people in public and and stuff like that. Like, I, I have like, I uh, remember. Um, ah, this is like a quick story. I remember when we had our flight to the World Cup in two thousand seventeen as Team Israel, right? And and when we landed in uh, Los Angeles, everybody was like on the plane, crowded. Everybody stands out about to leave, and then like uh, our main support, right, is like across the across the hall, like sitting there. And I'm like shouting, "Hey, can you speed boost us out?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody's like, "Holy shit, we don't know this guy. Who is he?" Like.
0: That is actually amazing. So
3: that that's pretty much my life. So that's why I kind of chose this. <laughs> all
0: right, Paul, what about you?
1: Uh, I literally just sat sat down one day and I was like, you know, if I'm gonna start like doing things like on the internet, I need I, I like my old like if you have me on like BattleNet, my tag is like Paulson Two, which is like just some random thing I thought up of in like middle school or something. And I was like, that's so lame and not catchy <laughs> at all. So when I was like, I think I want to start doing casting. I literally just sat down and I was like, what would be a name? what would be like a clever? Ca- I don't know. Uh, t- I don't know. What do I? Do I want people calling me something other than Paul? Should I just incorporate that in? What's a good Paul pun? Uh, pulsa, um, pa- pos- possible. Yeah, possible. Paul possible. That'll work. That'll work. And the amount of times I've been called plausible media.
0: Nice, nice. I, I should have seen it come up.
1: You just move the L and, and it's all over.
0: <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining, well, for sharing your stories with us. Uh, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of The Grind. Thank you to everybody that um was watching. Sorry, we had a couple of technical hiccups, but for those of you that stayed with us, I really appreciate it. We've had a really fun episode here. We will be sticking the uh, Power Rankings chart up onto Twitter, and uh, these guys, I have encouraged them to post their Personal opinion charts. Uh, hopefully they will tag us so we can do a bit of a retweet there. Otherwise, thank you for joining us for episode fifteen, and uh, we'll be giving out some information on the next episode as soon as possible. So, for now, have a great day, week, and uh, oh, please do join us for Na Charles once again. Sorry, once again this weekend it's going to be spicy as all hell. Uh, other than that, yeah, guys, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you in the next one.
4: Thank you. Thank bye. you. <laughs> bye. Bye. Thank you.